Um, how are you feeling? You wanna you wanna intro, or are you sick of that shit? Oh well, I mean, shall I just complete the trilogy of me clumsily introing the show? Yeah, this might even be the intro. I guess it could be the intro right now. I've Probably been. will be. I'm looking through the gl- I'm looking through the glass. We're rolling. Yeah, <laughs> we're rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty um hands off approach to audio editing. I think. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's probably the best, well, the most efficient way. Right, hands. It's an auditory medium. So, what's my what are my hands going to do? Nothing. Just we're going to get your fingerprints all over it, and this magnetic yeah. tape is delicate and expensive. So we need to record it one one take. That's right. Um, so yeah, to, to to take it take it away, take it away. Where are we? Where are we? We are deep 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 within. Well, when will it end? And I am still not Josh, and still Drew. And I was about to say with me as always, but I'm not always here. But Charles is here. Wouldn't that be amazing if we were always, always together? <laughs> yeah, if we were just, hey, that'd be so nice. I feel like I've never, we got to hang out in person. I feel like I'd love to. I keep saying to Josh, like, I must come over and experience the uh, wonderful part of the world that you're all located in. Yeah, look, can you see um, my backyard? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's quite something. Wow. Yeah, I get- Again, auto, uh, uh, auditory medium. In my backyard sounds so nice. I'm going to describe it to the listeners at home. Oh yeah, here we go. I'll leave it up. So we've got uh, hor- we've got the horizon. Uh, we've got some hills and some grass, and I'm I'm making it sound like way less amazing than it actually is. It is beautiful. Yeah. Can um, you imagine how amazing it would be if there was no horizon back there? I mean, um, yeah. It, I mean, God, now that's some sort of you know who would love that. Whirling. Oh, Jiro, Jiro would fucking love that shit because he would just be like, "I've got, I've got to find that horizon." Yeah, I got to search it out because it's just dirt down here. You know what I hate mm-hmm. more than dirt? Nothing. <laughs> I don't hate war more than dirt. Gravity. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I definitely doesn't hate war. Doesn't hate war. <laughs> <laughs> that only. I mean, we're, we're kind of skipping. We're getting right into the meat of it straight away. But like, I didn't. It only dawned on me about halfway through the film. I was like, "Hang on." My history. I mean, I did history. Uh, I studied history as a uh, as a as a young young person, but my grasp of it is terrible because I smoke a lot of weed and I forget things. That's fine. I, honestly, I feel like I've been reading a lot of David Graeber l- lately, and um, his look back at how fucked our history teachings are is sort of like you can easily forget almost everything you learned about what we think about history. Exactly. So I'm halfway through. Yeah, halfway through the film, and I'm like, hang on. Japan, World War Two. Oh, good lord! <laughs> right, I love that when you sort of realize that. Oh, this is pre World War Two, and it's a plane. Mm. It's a, it's it's the the plane director himself making the plane guys movie. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's such a fascinating. I was reading some. Uh, also, this is uh, when will it end? And uh, we're we're finishing. Jesus, I know you've only been a part of three of them at this point, but mm. I feel like. You started with the, the the pig, the red hog. Yeah, goddamn. You know, when I first saw that red hog, I was like, "I'm never gonna miss that hog. I hate that hog. What a weird misogynist mm-hmm. guy." And now, you know, sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat, like reaching out over my pillows, like, "Where's that red hog? Oh, that's just Amy. Oh, where's my red hog? I could have done with some red hog, like a blanket. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, like a blanket, if you will. I know. God. Because like this shit, like Ponyo and this, the fact that this is like his final two movies, one's a disgraceful um, story about two children that must have um, sexual relationships, otherwise the moon will destroy the earth. Yep, that's Ponyo, yep. (laughs) Yep, there's his last one, and then this is basically like, uh, the the man just loves playing so much, he doesn't care that he's fueling the uh, war machine. The pre-war war machine. So yeah, Miyazaki. I'm so glad this is done. I'm so I'm, happy. Yeah, I'm not. I was thinking as I was watching it. Like obviously, I mean, I've I've I watched the the films that I guessed on the episodes for, and I've seen mm-hmm. yeah. Spirited Away and, and House Weaving Castle, but I hadn't seen you know this or Ponyo. So it, I was thinking, wow, like a lot changes from the early films to the to the, to the to where we are with the wind rises I mean, absolutely mainly sort of aesthetically and like how how it must have just felt like the fun was being drained out of 
everything by the end for you. Yes. And it's really interesting, too, to see that, like, he's always been this, like, shitbag, like, all the way back to the beginning. Maybe not all the way back, because Lupin and Nausicaa are pretty fucking cool. But, like, he's sort of, he's just, like, a shit guy. And the fact that he just lets it all out in his last few movies, like, did you did you listen to the Howls episode? I haven't got to that one yet. No, but I'll okay. to that one. It's, it's an, I don't you I guess you watch it. It was so, it's, like, a it is a literal boomer nightmare and for, i mean i guess it's a boomer dream but for the rest of the world it's just like absolutely horrific his approach to everything human i don't know it's it's if i read one more review where it's like man i wish i could just live in this world it's like do you really want to live in this world of miyazaki has created where i guess the ham looks good but damn everything else is shit i think that's exactly it it's like people i mean the, it although to be honest with you most of the wind rises i didn't find that visually entertaining the dream sequences and the like some of the of the earthquake sequence were exciting but a lot of it is just like dudes in a room drawing airplanes smoking cigarettes like which sounds way cooler than it is yeah yeah, it sounds like what i imagine mad men is like i've never watched mad men but like smoking and like you know dudes talking but this was just like that's right i I think people get too caught up in the, or rightly, perhaps rightly, you know, the, the aesthetic and the exciting visuals, but then forget that or the sort of principles and the ideas behind the films are coming from one place, and, and that's Uncle, Uncle the rotten brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have a question. <laughs> I have a question though, because you said it was sort of boring and you know it didn't really do much for you. Um, do you happen to? enjoy the aircraft are you uh, a plane aficionado do you like just soaring through the air i am terrified of flying like i, I literally like when, if i very rarely get on airplanes because i'm i'm scared of doing it i will do it I'll, like i've had to you know visit family members in in other countries or go to like on holiday um or whatever and i can do it but it's it's terrifying so okay i like I enjoy, you know, a well-presented aircraft like we all do, Charles. You know, mm, but yeah. but I wouldn't say that I'm an aficionado. Like, please, 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 please say I, just. For I me. am. I am. You can lie to me. Hey, you know what? I am an aficionado. I was trying to oh, play yeah. it down. I was trying to play it. Down. Um, you you have to fucking love the fuck out of planes to really. You either have to be a Miyazaki apologist, where everything that comes out of the skies pen is just like oh this movie's the best ever because it's made by Hayo or you just have mm. to love planes and yeah. i feel like 90 percent of the world falls into the former camp and mm. then there's a small percentage of people that le- legitimately would like oh an animated movie where i just get to look at planes for like 90 minutes of it hell yeah i'm in for that i mean with i think there's an element of that with with the red hog because you, you are seeing a lot of ple- cool planes and stuff but they're like cool guy pirate sort of fantasy kind of they're not it's not just planes flying and being designed and stuff so there's a very there's a diff, it's almost it feels like polar opposites you know there's a place absolutely in retrospect yeah. to, to the red hog whereas this felt quite dry it felt like right, right, right. Cool. Oh, yeah yes. <laughs> i feel like um in in the red hog the vehicle is a transportation where it like allows the you, you're like oh that's a cool plane but it allows for shit to happen yeah and this one miyazaki's like what if the story was just plain what if it's i got rid of the hog yeah what if i got yeah. rid of any sort of meaningful character development or plot and i would what if this just was a plane movie that's never been done before like, when did planes come out I mean, I bet it must be the. I'm going to say the same year, presumably. Maybe they had a bumper year for. Flight. It was 2013. Oh, of oh my god! I got to do a direct comparison because I hated Planes, but honestly, I think Planes is a better movie than The Wind Rises. I haven't seen Planes, but I would have to imagine it, it is better than The Wind Rises. I, fa- I mean, I I found it so dry. It so sucks. It, yeah. It, I mean, it's stuck because I remember when you asked me if I wanted to be on the episode, I was like, oh, that'd, be, that'd be great. I get to watch another Hayao Miyazaki film I've not seen. And then yeah. I realized what it was and I was like, oh, f- 
Fuck you, Charles. I know. This is this is what happens. Come on. That's what happens. I mean, so I will come clean. I spent probably about 45 minutes of watching this movie on torrent sites looking for 70s and 80s Pinku movies to watch. I found some good ones. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Let me bring up the list. I haven't watched any of them yet because I've, well, I haven't been that busy. But um, um, yeah, it was it was good. I watched uh, one recently, and I love. Are you are you into those at all? Have you gotten into? I've seen a handful um, with with friends who are sort of like you know into into the like the cinema or the cinema, if you will. Uh Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I've only seen a handful, and I really forget forget the names of them but they were great like i really enjoyed them yeah and i think that's what's great about being of the cinema having the theater be your church and the high priests being all your filmmakers and the pews being the i guess the movie theater chairs at this point and then i guess the the blood of christ can be a nice soda and the body of christ can be some popcorn great so that's nice. nice. Uh, it's also nice that you can watch just basically weird porn and call it high yeah. art, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I and downloaded Tokyo Decadence, uh, Gate of Flash, Inflatable Sex Doll, The Wastelands from 1967. Wow. Trapped in Lust, 1973. Wet Lust, 1972. Terrifying Girls High School, 72. Yeah, some nice... I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready for some afternoon Pinku movie. That's that's what I really spent like so much time just researching uh, Pinku movies while I was supposed to be watching this one. So I spent quite... A, well, maybe 10 or 15 minutes Googling the, the whole Hideki Anno playing the voice of Jiro in the Japanese dub of the film thing. I was like, hang on. Is there another Hideki Anno? Click. Oh, no, it's just that one Hideki Anno. Okie dokie. That seems... That makes sense, I guess. Uh, for our less cultured listeners, who is... Who is... Um, what was it? What's his name? Hideki... Oh, Hideki Anno. So he is the guy that um, sort of created and, and directed um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, uh, which is a, an anime from the mid '90s, and the subsequent um, movie reboots or rebuilds. Um, he's also directed um, Shin Godzilla a couple of years ago, which is. Did really you see? Good. I didn't. I didn't see it. It's good. It's really good. Really, really Great. good. Like if I'm, I'm a kind of a bit of a Evangelion nerd. Like it's one of my favorite um, anime, and so I've got this like obsession with his other stuff because. Like he's done some live action, other live action stuff, and it's really interesting watching him do the same, like shot compositions and like editing style with a film with in the real world. Yeah, and it just gives me this weird, like makes my brain feel nice. But um, and yeah, he yeah, Shin Godzilla is really good. He did uh, recently Shin Ultraman, or was involved in Shin Ultraman, which is also really good. Definitely worth a watch. Um, Great, just very good. It's almost like both of them felt like it could have been, especially the Godzilla one, felt like it could have been a really good episode of a, I don't know, like a Doctor Who or some sort of like, so you did, it just felt like a one and done kind of thing. It didn't I feel part it. of a, even though, you know, Godzilla and Ultraman are huge franchises. It's like, if you want to watch a good recent Godzilla film, definitely watch Shin Godzilla because it's, it's, it's really, really good. And the Godzilla in it looks really weird and transforms a bit so like yeah nice recommended uh as a franchise expert i honestly think that's fucking awesome when you can make a franchise that's running for 60 years feel like it's just like a one-off mm. that's such a cool idea to make like a godzilla movie that feels totally isolated into itself i'll have to check it out it's the same with the ultraman one as well i mean i'm familiar with ultraman as like a, a thing but i'd never i'm not i've not seen any of it or or um you know familiar with the story but the but the the, again the shin ultraman movie that he was involved in was just this like it felt like it could have been episodic but it was just this one film that gave you all the information you needed to know within it so you just felt it felt satisfying in a way that the wind rises definitely didn't in any way yeah also feels very isolated but 
more just feels isolating just like I, I don't know if i watched this by myself but i feel like if i had been in a room of hundreds i still felt like we all would have been just contained in our own like mm. miyazaki condoms we're all just like fully separated from anything other than airplanes and war crimes airplanes uh, and war crimes yeah that's what this movie should have been called to finish his usual titling it should have been called Jiro of the wind of the plane in the war crime time <laughs> in the war crime time uh, have you seen what are your thoughts on the the sort of reboot movies of um evangelion because i've oh. i watched 1.11 and 2.22 and, and that's where i stopped but mm-hmm. i was really digging it i mean i mean i really like really 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 enjoyed them especially by the time because i think there's the four together i think so and the the most recent one or the final one um came out a couple of years ago and i remember watching it it came out around around my birthday so i was like oh it feels like a nice bit of bit of a treat from from uh, uh like hideki Anno. and it was yeah really good i think it feels like it's the reboot or the rebuild felt it was like it was done in a way that kind of it feels separate from the original series, but also feels like it links in with it in a weird way. So I yeah. kind of, without spoiling like the end, the end of Evangelion and or for, for anyone that hasn't seen it, but like it is quite satisfying how it does feel like it links into the, the greater like line of media that's come before it, I suppose. But but yeah, that and the film of End of Evangelion and the series and and the rebuilds, I'm I'm a real fan of when it's done in a way that enhances, I guess. Well, if it's I don't know because I'm thinking about like all the kind of reboot films that have been coming out and how you know maybe ten or fifteen years ago you were getting like an A team movie being made and stuff like that. Right. And, yeah. 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 And like so. I'm 40 now. So what stuff from my like are they going to reboot the X-Files or something? Like what are oh, they going to start rebooting yeah. from when I was younger now and then we've got to have this like horrible sort of oh do I go and see it or should I just leave it? Like I don't know. <laughs> it's this kind yeah, of Yeah, I I finally watched the Thing prequel. Um Oh really? Have you seen that? Yes. What did you think of it? I thought it could have been really good if they had tried to make a movie rather than trying to make a sequel to the thing. I feel like it was a really cool idea and uh, it just sort of got lost. A, obviously everyone complains about it, but the special effects were pretty boring. And then yeah. it just felt like it was trying really hard to like, oh, look, we're back at sort of like uh, the end of Planet of the Apes where it's like, hey, and now we're, we're now we've made it back to what you really are looking for rather than just like really relishing and like what it would have been like to be in the Norwegian camp. Mm. But it wasn't as bad as I, I've heard. I, I sort of liked it. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't like, cause I, again, obviously, um, the thing is one of my favorite films, probably my favorite film, I would say. And I wasn't like, I didn't hate it, but it just, yeah, it felt, it felt like they were trying to, show too much of the the you know the alien organism itself with a lot of like i really yeah. enjoyed the more subtle bits of body horror like the bit where the guy's face kind of splits down the middle and kind of shifts a bit like that and yeah, yeah. things like that where they could have made you, you know used like because that was what was it like 2011 when it came out and whether we were deep in like let's cgi everything because it's you know because we can do it right yeah. But it just looks now. It just looks like a you know. It just looks goofy. There's some bits where you just see like big tentacly mess going across mm-hmm. the floor, and it's it just yeah. looks a bit a bit dumb. But it's a lot. I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> like it could have been way worse. I mean, yeah, it could have been like the wind rises. I guess. Yeah. What a dud. What a fucking dud. It's, it's... it's just very boring. Yeah. So. um it opens with boy, Jiro as a boy, and the main message of the opening is that he's um, myopic. That's like a huge. We've got to make mm. sure we know that he's myopic, mm-hmm. and that he's a fucking badass who beats up a bunch of other boys. That's this is like what I absolutely hated about this movie is that Miyazaki goes out of his way over and over again to make sure that we know that Jiro is the best. 
Yes. He's so nice he's and smart and powerful. Yeah, he's so when he's a boy, he beats the shit out of like four ugly. Like he makes sure that the boys are like ugly and breathe through their mouths and and then his mom's like, "Hey, just you know, you don't fight, okay?" And it's just like, what? <laughs> that all that for what? I don't know. What do you think of the opening? I guess, I mean, you mentioning that bit, which I'd forgotten about, Jiro stepping in and, like, you know, chasing the bullies down, that whole bit, and the dream sequence. Like, that feels like years ago when I saw that. Like, the the wind rises, is this, like, it felt so long. That, that feels so far away. But at the start, I was like, okay. Because you you don't know that you're in a dream sequence at the start, and you see these this sort of quite fantastic sequence of Jiro getting mm. onto his little plane on his roof and pedaling, and it's all very, like, you know... It's got a kind of, I was like, oh, I'm getting a little Kiki's delivery service vibe from this. And he, his little plane flies off and there's the weird airship. And I was thinking, yeah. maybe this film isn't going to be as, as bad as Charles said it was. And then you, it's a dream and he wakes up and, and, uh, and he does a cool thing. You know, he, like, he stops the bullies. But then but that actually is a great point. I think what most people love about Miyazaki is that he can blend what reality is because it's animated and you're like, oh, this feels so dreamlike, but it's all taking place in the real world. And for some reason in this one, he's like, you know what? I really want to make sure reality stays very separate from dreams, even though I will have a continuing series of a, this Italian guy, this little yeah. mustachioed man showing up every once in a while in a dream. That was wild. That would suck so much if every night I fell asleep and a little Italian guy came in and like talked to me. Stanley Tucci visits you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to get the Tucci for Mm -hmm. creepy, creepy Italian dream monster. Please Tucci me. (laughs) I love that they're like, oh, this is my dream too. So we're sharing. Is is that right? Or is that just a dream or another? Yeah. Okay. He's like, we're both sharing dreams. Yeah. And I thought, oh, is there going to be a supernatural element to this film? Right. No, no, there absolutely isn't. There's nothing. It's cold dry reality and then these dream sequences that get as the film progresses kind of just get less fun you can, it's almost like the fun seeps out of them as the as the film progresses and then you just at the end and it's like oh i think i might even argue that because you know you're going into a miyazaki movie you sort of come in with like a certain fuel gauge of fun you're like oh this is going to be good I'm at like 80% fun already, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that Miyazaki will fill up my tank and get me to that hundo fun level. Hundo fundo. Right. So the movie, I think, stays consistently unfun, and just your tank of fun is just slowly depleting as you're sitting there. So by the time you get to the 15th time the Italian guy shows up, you're like, fuck this guy. I cannot wait for World War II. I cannot wait yes, for the please. bombings to start. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So yeah, the opening is um weird just in that like I don't I don't know I don't know why do we need this moment of his little boy's life? To show I guess to show that he always loved the plane? Is that mm-hmm. all that's all we learned? Is that he always loved the plane? He always loved the plane. He always dream about the plane. <laughs> it's just been, it's him, him and Tooch for life in the dream world, yeah. walking walking he, the dream world. He learns at age whatever six or eight that he's too um, blind to fly the plane, mm-hmm. but he learns that it isn't. He's not too much of a cuck if he just designs the plane, because his Italian brother is like, you know what, kid? I also never fly the plane. That shit's for like idiots. Yeah, I'm over here drowning in pussy. Thank you very much because <laughs> I design other planes. So. Yeah, yeah. Let those other boys die in the planes and just. <laughs> Yeah, no one respects the plane guy. They just respect us no. smart engineer guys. Is that true? We're not sure. We'll find out when he meets his wife. Oh, wife. It's wife. We should oh. we should wait on the wife because that comes late. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole yeah whole thing about the whole wife situation, which is so problematic. Oh my god, it's maybe. Oh god, we'll we'll wait on the wife. We got to stick wait to the planes. Because it's the planes that's what we came here for. Yeah. So the next is the next scene the earthquake moment. Well, I guess then we can't wait for the wife because that's his wife, right? That is in fact his wife. Yeah, he's she's there. That's fucking insane. Is that real? I didn't look up the actual history of this guy, but that seems like such a crazy contrivance that he saves like his mother-in-law twenty years before they actually get married. 
you know what, that hadn't even occurred to me until just now. That's how much this film has turned my brain to soup and just slid off. It hit my brain and slid off and sloshed away. What kind of soup are you thinking? Probably something with a pasta in it, maybe a minestrone. Oh, yeah. Thing. That's good. Chunky. Chunky. So you still got some uh, convolutions to your brain, but it's sort of more mushy than usual. It's not like a full yeah. bisque. Or like no, a carrot ginger. We're not, we're not at full bisque levels yet. <laughs> okay, good. Well, thankfully, you only have a few months before the next Miyazaki movie comes out to go full bisque mode. Full bisque. I fucking hate it when this guy, he's like, this is it. It's my last movie in the world. Well, I guess, no, the world's sad. But me, I rejoice. I go, finally, the end. Oh, the cool. end. And yet, now his new, new movie's coming out this year. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, what is it? What, what is he going to be? highlighting this time what 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 dreary <laughs> what element like do you remember what, it's actually it's it's based on a, a book um okay. called how do you live it's about um it's of course a book written in the 30s so that's going to be great um uh the film centers around the real world novel how do you live features prominently in pr- okay that's not a very good summary it's just saying that it's about a book i don't know what the book is it's about a 15-year-old boy and his uncle. And um, they deal with spiritual growth, poverty, and the overall experience of being a human. Sounds fucking <laughs> sick, sick as fuck. Fucking rad, dude. Jesus Christ. I'm going to see that in 4D. IMAX 4D. Where this... <laughs> yeah, where you someone comes and steals your, your money. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh I mean, is oh boy, yeah, he's making film. I think he's just making, st- still making films just for himself. But now he's going like, I'm not going to put a fancy pig in an airplane in it anymore. Oh. It's just going to be some people being sad. Yeah, yeah, people being sad, but good, good sad, rather than like we're not, we're going to tell you that there's a more com. This is so. This is sort of like when in Mononoke, when you know our main character, he's he's cursed by being violent mm. and his whole this whole movie is basically about a guy who's like cursed with anger and violence and learning to not be violent yet the solutions are always oh i'll jump in and help you make your weapons and i'll help you rebuild the colonizing um awful nature destroying villages that are taking over the world like none of these characters stop it and i think that's sort of interesting in one hand because that is the way life is but it's not fun. It's not fun to just be like, oh, here's the hero. He sucks. He's just like a cog in the machine. He's at best. He's a smart cog in the machine. And I think since Mo- uh, Mononoke onward, he's just sort of relished in this idea of anti-war movies being people that engage in war, but sort of like hate it or not even hate it or just like, eh, I don't really care that much about war. I'm just still going to make it my plane. Yeah, it's. It felt, it just it just sort of feels like he's forcing you to have a history lesson. Like Absolutely. I came here, to, I came here to I came here to watch a fun cartoon, and there are there's like if you you could probably find on YouTube a, a like a an edit of all the dream sequence bits from The Wind Rises that's yeah. probably about twenty minutes, and you could watch that and go, oh yeah, that's cool. But the rest of it is just very very dry, and it feels like like yearning yearning for the old days kind of like things were better in the old days but things clearly were not better in the old days what with the huge earthquake that decimated japan and like poverty and tuberculosis so it just it feels like and there's yeah and this is jiro is just like a really 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 great guy just a great guy he's just so great Um, Um, like when he's every fucking scene he's like from saving his future mother-in-law and ban- like mm-hmm. making sure that she gets to bandage her leg and saves her to, oh, uh, I don't know, like, oh, inventing the fucking rivet, flat screw rivet hinge bullshit. And he's like, buddy, I, it's too late for my plane, but I'm the nicest guy in the world. So your plane can have the flat screw rivet hinge popper. Did and then the other guy's like, no, I will never dream of using your flat screw head <laughs> I shan't. <laughs> you do it first. It's your invention, Chiro. God, what a fucking what idiots. God, I sort of just like it makes you. Oh, just oh, I fucking can't stand these guys. 
Did you watch the American dub or did you watch the original Japanese with subtitles? I only could find uh, it was on HBO and in, in my okay. part of the world, and I had to watch it with um, Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt taking the lead. And uh, yeah, with some great. I thought Martin Short was fun. I enjoyed Martin Short. Yeah, he brought a madcap energy that was needed, but in a but just it felt like at what cost because he's a shouty boss right <laughs> so it reinforces the like felt like being at work but it was martin short being <laughs> you know what i mean but it, but it was martin short shouting and it was quite fun i um, hate that shit so much where it's like yes i love that martin short was the one that was chosen he did a great job but ultimately you're like this is miyazaki's fantasy is to have like a mean boss that loves you it's not like why couldn't he be just like a nice boss that loves you he always has to be a fucking asshole and then when he gets married and he's like, you guys can't sleep in my house. You can't fuck each other without being married first. And then they're like, well, let's just get married. And he's like, what? That's ridiculous. And then cut. He's fucking sobbing and it's like loves that they're getting married. <laughs> oh, God. God, I'd forgotten about that part of the film. It just felt it felt so long. It's like it's a little over two hours long. Yeah. And it's two hours too long. I'd have taken the dream sequence at the start and then probably what I should have done was just watch that and then not watch the rest and then just been just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, to everything you're saying about the film because then I wouldn't have had to have watched it. <laughs> right, because honestly, all you're saying is, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot that that happened. You, yeah, you, you just sat through it and you're still just, all you're saying is, oh, right, yeah, that slipped my mind immediately after yeah. finishing the movie. Yes, it, that's, well, that's why I have the Wikipedia page up because, um, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's a fucking... Other than what, that one scene that I sent you as a little teaser. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> that scene fucking slaps. I love that scene. Um, Werner Herzog plays a pretty pivotal role in, uh-huh. as um, the Nazi-hating German guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like he was really not a fascinating character because it's still pretty boring, but at least he's played by Werner Herzog and he wears a nice white suit like Werner Herzog would. Do you think he was actually modeled off of Herzog? He sort of looks like the Fitzcarraldo guy, right? Yeah, yeah. it was sort of rotoscoped Werner Herzog eating a bowl of leaves. Yeah, for the uh, yeah, because that is just a that does just look like a bowl of of leaves that they. That they was fucking in. sick. Can you paint that picture? Because like when I, I was like, I know this is going to be very hard, and I'm I really appreciate what Drew's doing for me. So I'm going to tease you with maybe the most joyful moment of the movie to know that this will happen while you're watching. It's not just going to be planes. I'd forgotten about this particular scene as I was watching it, and then as it started to happen, I was like, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so Jiro and his Jiro and his and his are they married at that no they're not married at that point. No, this is the first date, really. It's the first date, isn't it? And they're sitting in a restaurant. There's some stir, stirring piano in the background as mm. a gentleman is served a a bowl of um what can only be described <laughs> as leaves because that's just what they look like. Yeah. A whole bowl. This isn't like um, like when you go to a fancy restaurant and you have like a little whatever it's called a moose bouche or i don't know what these terms are but like this is like if you imagined i don't know what do you heap like that in real life what's a heap of like you'd never heap leaves that way not even a salad would be heaped that way no maybe i don't know if you maybe cut all of the leaves off a bonsai tree of many bonsai trees put them into a bowl but but why would you just a mass of tiny leaves yeah i know why would you be doing that or eating that it's like if you're preparing to make a sandcastle and you're just like, oh, I need to be prepared. I'm going to get as much sand as I can fit into mm. a bowl. Mm. So it's just like this overflowing like balloon of leaves. Yes. And then fucking Werner just chomp, chomp, chomp. And it zooms in as like a close-up on him chomping. It focuses on me. <laughs> and it, it cuts to Jiro. At, like, and he's got this sort of almost like Twin Peaks slash Tim and Eric show kind of like the way that it's cutting and they're like looking at each other and sort of nodding and Werner Herzog's yeah. character is going like nom 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 <laughs> just shoveling leaves down his face oh it's so good 
this is the highlight. This is if if you Definitely like planes, this is your movie. If you like leaves, if you like Werner eating leaves, I feel like mm-hmm. you could maybe. I know it's only a few seconds, but it might bump that gauge back up to a hundo for the final mm-hmm. half. Yeah, and it and the the film needs it. I was it was nice to hear Werner Herzog's voice as it always is, but it kind of that just the the sound the the timbre of his voice carried me through. <laughs> As large yeah. portion of that film, yeah, just him being there. But it's pretty like the whole plot of this movie. Like, well, if we if we look at Werner Herzog's character and what he's actually doing in the movie, it's like he hates Nazis, but he's German and he's also working for the war machine making planes. And then suddenly, like, he drives away, and then Jiro's trying to be arrested by the Japanese police, but then he just like there's one scene where his mean boss hides him mm. and then it's just sort of over. Like he just then can go out and do whatever he wants. We never hear from Werner again. Like maybe I'm also misremembering everything, but it just no, no, like, that, is, that is what happened. So it's like, what, what the fuck? Like, it's just like, this is like the classic Miyazaki where he just like brain dead approach to storytelling where <laughs> there's all these facts and like interesting mm. details about, Oh, a guy who, can't live in the country where he's born because of the over basically like his government is becoming fascist mm. and the way Miyazaki deals with that is just by having him drive away in a, in a convertible and we never see yeah. him again it's like Poochie died on his way back to his home planet <laughs> like yeah you know what I mean he's like bye and then Jiro is like oh suddenly under house like he's about to be arrested by every mm-hmm. police officer where he is and he's being hidden and all that happens is he fucking gets married and then he's allowed out of the house again. Mm. It's like, what it the fuck? Like, like, yeah, it, there's, you know, maybe they could have spiced it up a bit, had a little bit of an espionage subplot for the last act, but running around, intrigue, right. you know, it's just intrigue. Like, he's just like, watch yourself, Jiro, there might be some secret police around, okay? And then, Off or even go. make it, like, about a guy who's trapped, you know, like him, mm. like, being forced to live in a house with a, a dying wife. Mm. And, but no, you just get that he's just like, oh, he gets to go back to work and his mm. wife is so nice and she takes care of him and he takes care of her while she's dying and mm. God, that fucking sucked. Things were better in the old days, Charles. This is what people did for each other back then. Right now, it's, you know, we just, no one cares about anybody anymore. We, I, I would sooner eat your face off your skull than help you. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, fucking sick. <laughs> Yeah. I think, um, I mean, it was such a cool time where you could like fall in love with someone and be like, okay, at least I know that I'm only gonna have to be married to you for two years before you croak of blood lungs. And the 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 scene, there's two scenes in this film that that make that peaked my adrenaline. It was the earthquake scene because I was like, this is cool, something's happening. And then the <laughs> bit where he receives a telegram and you see that very quick edit of someone coughing up blood on the yeah. painting. I was like, yeah, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, no, his wife's dying of cancer or something. Oh, God. Like, it was yeah. just... Right. You know, honestly, I will say that I think this is slightly better than Ponyo because there are, like, maybe 10 moments where there's some, like, really interesting flash cutting and mm-hmm. and also the, the music and sound design are sort of weird. There's, like, ethereal yeah. voice singing. So it's, like... Yeah. He was experimenting a little bit. This is probably his least dialogue-heavy movie, sort of mm-hmm. the quietest. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. most of that quiet is filled with uh, plane drawings. Yeah, and and sliding rulers that are, that oh. I don't understand. Like, there's a sequence where he, Jiro pulls his like scale ruler or whatever out of his bag and starts to like move it around and write numbers down. And there's this like stirring music in the background, and I'm like, this, he's literally getting a ruler out of his bag and calculating <laughs> dimensions and angles. Like, don't try and like, don't try and sell this like it's some like wow montage. Yeah, look at him go. Falls, yeah, yeah, falls asleep and has the most boring dream sequence ever, and then wakes up. And it's like it's time to go home, Jiro. Oh, I've been here all day because I'm working so bloody hard because I'm so great because I'm fucking Jiro. <laughs> That's yeah, he's horrible. great. <laughs> I love him. He's and his dreams are always like uh, witnessing the people piloting his planes just like crashing and dying. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. shit. I, I, uh, if I build it this way, I'm going to kill people. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's just see what happens. Yeah. God. Like a, is it like a really, really boring and very plain, as an aeronautical specific version of the Dead Zone with Christopher Walken, where he's just mm. seeing how people die, but with regard to his specific plane design. Right. Mm. Yeah. If I do this, I'm going to kill someone. Okay. Let's mm. try it. I better not do that. Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. Well, hey, why not, Jerry? Why not try it? <laughs> they got a parachute. Papa's yeah. got a parachute in there. Ooh. Yeah. I think. Um, Let's get to the war shit because this is like most of the movie is about him making planes, mm-hmm. and he's always like, "Let's see, I have the choice between not making the plane or making the plane, but my plane will be like." He always has these dreams where there's bombs dropping, and like mm-hmm. I feel like if this were an anti-war movie, which Wikipedia and all these reviews are saying it's an anti-war movie, it would have the guy be like, "What if I didn't use my absolute genius, my perfection as a boy?" Miyazaki yeah. has recognized that I'm a perfect boy with such a big brain for the plane. And what if I, you know, like fucking stopped making the plane? How about that? That would be, no. Hmm. Yeah. No, we'll just keep, I'll just I'll keep making the plane. What, what the fuck else am I going to do? Jiro's going to Jiro. <laughs> it's, it's like baffling to have a movie that's like celebrating the life of a guy who built such terrible machines and the whole, he even confronts that, but his confrontation is just, well, if I stopped making the plane, I wouldn't get to make my planes. And God damn it, I really just want to make planes. So for now, my planes will be used to kill everyone. But hey, maybe one day they'll be used to float around with my Italian friend. Yeah, I could get to meet my my sky friend, Stanley Tucci, in the sky. Oh, my God. It's interesting that it was people regard it as an anti-war film because... And I, I was watching it like I was like I was trying to distract myself. I was looking on the IMDb and stuff to try and like, you know, get myself interested in the film. Didn't work. Obviously, I found that yeah. Hideki Anno was in it and went on a little, little Google <laughs> walkabout on that. But but the I didn't get any. It didn't feel. They sort of danced around the war bit or were very sort of like. You know the the little in the in the nightmares the sort of the flashes of like bombs being dropped or you know initially when the earthquake sequence was happening I I would I thought oh, is that a, is that perhaps a, a nuclear bomb going off because I wasn't right 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 one hundred percent sure yeah on the timeline the of the film either and so so it was it was interesting that these elements that as you know someone with the benefit of hindsight you know having knowing historically what would happen in the timeline after that with things like Hiroshima and and all that like it felt that yeah war yeah war was a thing in the background that was not in any way really connected to Jiro's perfect amazing machines with the herringbone Mm. curves and all this like very poetic sort of right you know it felt, yeah, it felt, it felt it, anti. It felt, it felt that war was kind. Of, yeah, it, there was a a slight s- smell of war occasionally, but there was never the full stench. Right, and the and the weirdest part is that he recognizes that he's a part of it, and all he does is go, mm. "Okay, uh, maybe mm. I get to maybe one day, maybe hopefully, if other people do shit, I'll just mm. get to make my fucking planes in peace." Mm-hmm. But I don't have any say in this, so I'll just keep making my war machines. Mm-hmm. Such a fucking, it's such a bad movie. God. It, is, it, it was honestly, even just from a, a as a as a taking in two hours of a movie, it was. I've not been that bored watching a film in in quite some time. <laughs> quite some time. Yeah, I think the if I had seen this at the cinema, I honestly think I might have just left. Yeah. At some point, yeah, because I'd have just been like, "This is just about a genius boy designing planes, right?" That has dreams occasionally, and I can't. It, the film just kind of finishes, and like, we yeah, all was, have dreams. We all have dreams. Like, I don't go making a film about it. It would be, yeah. I wouldn't. You know, it's this is a classic, yeah, example of just like letting somebody just keep going, like. Mm. Yes, ending themselves into making a war machine. <laughs> Are you a George Saunders? Do you ever read any George Saunders? 
I haven't. No. He's a short story writer. I feel like he is now at that point where he's just like his most recent collection. I read it and it just was such crap. And it's mm. just like only someone with a career like his career before this would allow someone to just publish anything that he writes. Mm -hmm. And when you get to old artists, like I read the new Cormac McCarthy recently, like all these mm. people that just have like built themselves up can now just do whatever they want and no one's even willing to edit it, it seems like. Because mm -hmm. this shit's going to sell. Like, this was a fucking made $200 million in the theater on a $30 million budget. It's wow. Just, yeah, it's just like, whatever. You've got Slap Mio's name on there and mm -hmm. the people will come and they'll like it. They'll gobble it up because they've been trained that mm -hmm. this, is, this is our animator right now. Even though it's fucking boring as shit. Looks like shit. It's so, it's honestly so boring. It's it's great. Vis Even the dream the dream sequences. The only dream sequence that I found like exciting and fun, which is what I instantly you know I, I associate. Oh, if it's a Ghibli or Miyazaki film, I'm going to see some weird stuff. You know, Ponyo, as horrific as it was, right. was way more visually interesting because yeah. the animation styles changed, and you know they were trying stuff out, and the way that water was represented in that was interesting, but. There's not really any of that in this. It's just, do you want to see planes? Do you want to see shapes, different shapes, planes? Nine wings, six wings. It's got six people in it. It's got 12 people in it. It's a hotel with wings. Yeah, it's made like, of metal. This one's made of wood. This one's made of canvas. Whoa. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. Planes, planes, planes. And I was all the, it's, yeah, it's the whole time I was watching it. it was, I was thinking, especially there's the one part of the, there's a dream sequence where there's a, quite a few people poking out of the, plane that the italian gentleman has designed and it gave me very distinct uh schoolgirls being kidnapped by sky pirates from the red hog yeah and i was like i love that part of porco rosso yeah. that bit's really fun the school the little school kids in that are sassy as fuck and i love it and the sky pirates are just like hopeless and it turn suddenly turns into like a dumb like goofy cartoon and you're having fun yeah Whereas, like in this, it's it's it feels like the all the not necessarily creativity, but all the kind of like quirky little things that I enjoyed or would enjoy in in a film like that have just been pushed to to the side. So Hayao can tell his story about the very 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 good boy that is very good at planes. Yeah, I mean, this is like. I think what you're describing is a vibrancy. Like as much as I sort of was don't like a lot of his movies, what mm -hmm. works is when he makes the girls getting kidnapped by pirates and they're like there's so much mm -hmm. life in those moments that you can just be like, oh, this this is so fun to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's why people like his food because his food feels very real. Mm -hmm. And this movie is like, what if I just made everything? What's the opposite of vibrant? I guess dull. Oh. But it's more than dull. It's like it's like deathly because vibrancy is light livingness and mm -hmm. this is just like fucking all slide rules and pencils and plane wings yeah and you said it is a really good analogy with with the food because um what Hayao is doing in this film is saying oh well you like you like nice food don't you how about i just feed you leaves do you want a bowl a big bowl of leaves exactly that's what this film is this it's is his leaf movie leaf. exactly yeah we don't get the fucking soup we don't get, I don't even remember any other ones, but all we get is a bowl of leaves in this movie and it sucks Holy and cigarettes. Fuck and so geez. many cigarettes. And that's the thing, the, the, I think because I'm unfamiliar with, with that part of Japanese history, I wasn't, I wasn't really able to pass the timeline that was happening. So it started with Jiro as a, you know, like a very small child at the beginning. And then like an hour and four, like hour and 15 minutes in, he, like he's smoking a cigarette in a classroom. And I'm like, isn't he like eight? I did the no, same thing. On, he's at university. This is, yeah. he looks the I same. Look, he's, he looks the same. Fucking dork ass glasses on. Mm -hmm. um, before we close things down, I do want to bring up the wife because we've sort of danced around yes. her. Yes. But this whole idea that, Miyazaki thinks love is random people um, agreeing to have a nice time together. Like mm -hmm. it's it's almost contractual, even in like Ponyo and mm -hmm. in um, 
what's another one I hate? Oh, Castle in the Sky. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's no actual reason why these characters like each other. In fact, most of them sort of are mean to each other throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Kiki like treats that boy like absolute shit oh, the entire gosh. movie. And yet the contract there is you are like, I've seen, I, Hayo, have seen children interact and usually they're either mean to each other or are embarrassed by each other. So that is a grounding relationship between a plain man and his dying wife. Like, there's, like, he saves her umbrella and he bandages up her mom and suddenly it's just like, you are my soulmate because you have done these things for me. Yeah. It makes, it love in the Hayao Miyazaki, like, universe, I guess, is a comes with a sense of duty that makes it feel again like you're being made to eat a bowl of leaves like yeah it's not there doesn't seem to be any warmth or um you know not that you would want to see lust or passion in like a kids animated film but i'd like to see something like some sort of passion is fine change yeah like passion's appropriate i mean they do exactly, kiss yeah in this exactly, movie yeah. and it's like what the fuck was that <laughs> was that hio's first kiss that was high. I was. It must. It would have to be. I don't know that he's an. I mean, maybe that was his actual first kiss. Animate. He's never kissed anyone, and he's like, "This is my time, my final movie. I will animate the kissing." But um, what do you make of? I think it was Werner Herzog tells Jiro. He's like, "Oh no, no! It's the Italian boy." The Italian boy says to Jiro in a dream, "Artists have ten years." Do you remember this? Yeah. Yes. And he's like, so you only get 10 years to be an artist and please do with it what you will. What do you make of that? That Miyazaki's career is like four decades long. Do you think he's like, feels like, what does this mean? I don't even understand that concept that artists only get 10 years. I mean, is, is, is he sort of saying in that, like, I've been, I've been doing this too long, guys. This really is the last one. Like I've been going four times too long. I right. should have stopped. I should have stopped 30 years ago, but I'm still going. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's. I guess it would depend because you look at... It depends. I don't know. I think an artist has as many years as they are able to remain alive. Like You know what I mean? Like, yes. if, if I don't know if you're familiar with the um, illustrator and artist Mobius. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, he right up until he died, he was still drawing stuff that looked fucking amazing because he was Mobius. Like, yeah, it's like just because like an Italian dude in a dream tells you you've got 10 years. Maybe you should just, you know, trust yourself a little bit more, Giro. Stop listening to the tooch. So, yeah, much. stop listening like, to Italians. It's not good for sure. you. And surely the more you practice anything like art or, you know, playing guitar or meditating, like you get quote unquote better at it or you develop your right. skill so yeah. it's like no if you don't if you haven't designed the best fucking aircraft you can possibly design in this 10-year window then you fucked it Jiro. so you right. better you better get on with it what and on with it is that like kill yourself or no make that, get make, make that plane make get that to plane. making that get to making that plane yeah i think it was good you know i think part of his like I feel like knowing that his wife had a window, I think that made him more likely to love her. It's like, okay, I only have to be married to her for like maybe five years and then I can mm-hmm. get on with making planes because like that's I, my yeah. most important thing. And I can use that sadness to be even more brooding and mysterious mm. while making planes in that latter half after his oh, fuck wife yeah. has died, presumably like gritty... Pretty Jiro. Oh, you just reminded me that the way she dies is just being like, sorry, Jiro, I know that um, you seeing me at my worst would be hard on you. So I'm just going to go run away so that you'll remember me as a beautiful woman. Do you want to remember me as a beautiful woman or as a dead woman? So I'm going to leave now. It's like, what the fuck, Hayo? This makes no sense. And it's that, again, it sort of ties into that love as a sense of duty. It's like his, his wife... I don't want to distract you from designing a plane. So, I, yeah, like I will retreat like a wounded animal would do. And, you know. Yeah. And you can just remember me this way. way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because her life doesn't fucking matter to Hayo and or to Jiro or to anyone in this movie. She's just like serves as the emotional whatever. There's no like weight to this movie. So I guess it's like 
her death is supposed to be significant, but it isn't because he spent so much time just being like, all she does is allow him the space to make plain. Mm. It's just fucking sucks. That's how great of a guy Jiro is. He's so great that his wife that is literally dying is like, I don't want to bother you, Jiro, because you're just that good. I'll just go over here and die so you can yeah. be the ultimate. Uh, like, nothing happened. Like, when you look at the what, what happens in this film, and like, as we've been talking about it, it's like nothing happens in it, but a woman dies in the, yeah. in the film. And it's like, it's like, tossed away like oh it's not a plane it's not Jiro it's his right. wife she was ill anyway right so... he was gonna die anyway so there it goes and now this is his moment to rise mm. with the wind and make a new plane mm. which completely invalidates the the you know the part where Jiro tra- travels from you know where he's working to see his his partner and then immediately leaves and goes to go back to work it, it just sort of like well do you, what, why is this in here? Why is any of this in here? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it sucks so much. And it's sort of like so looking much. back, Castle of Cagliostro has the most upfront like acceptance that his male character is a chauvinist, misogynist creep. And that's like becomes a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. It's like this guy sucks and he's annoying, but he's sort of cute and funny. And it's like, it's a complicated version of what now, what, 40 years later? No. Yeah. yeah Becomes, oh, this is the nicest guy in the world. And he basically is still identical to Lupin. Where yeah. Lupin at least had some understanding that he was a fucking disgusting sexist creep. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, well, no, let's just celebrate the sexist creep. He's been doing that since fucking Castle in the Sky. It sucks. Yeah. The thing with Lupin, though, Lupin, Lupin has, as a character, has charisma and is f- a fun character, despite his, you know, obvious failings and, you know, bad elements. He's it's an, more interesting to interact with that character than it is with Jiro, because Jiro is literally just a dude that designs aeroplanes. And that's not that's not an interesting protagonist to me no like i'd rather watch the like quote-unquote lovable rogue like uh thief in you know lupin the third than just jiro drawing planes right and the joke is in in lupin he like maybe falls in love with a teenager to try to get the treasure but then there's always fujiko who's like oh you suck dude stop Mm. doing that and it's Mm. like we get characters telling us that this character is being a bad boy and lupin's a bad boy and now like hayo's like oh what if i just made like cleaned up glossed over the bad boy and just like encapsulated that idea that i like all this woman hating shit and just like put it into a good guy and jiro is like the best of the best he is the greatest character that hayo has ever created and he's like just the fucking worst i fucking hate him ultimate nice guy he does suck he he is the ultimate nice guy who's creating war machines and just like so fucking shitty to everyone in his life. God, this movie was terrible. So bad. So are you asking when will it end? Hmm? 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 I mean, asking? I can, hmm? yes, it, I, I'm screaming. Like, as I started the movie, I literally looked, how long is it on for? When, literally, when will this film end? Like, yeah, it, it's rare to get like the act, that actual thought happening while yeah. watching the movie. Happens sometimes, but this is one of them. Yeah, it's like I can't conceive of a sequel. I can't conceive of a prequel. Like there's, there was no story to begin with, and it's not like that moment where I was like, "Ooh, there's enough details where I could imagine a story." So I'd love for this to maybe be recreated somehow. This is just like a total nightmare dud, and Mm. I don't want anything more to do with this shit. I'm not. I'm totally asking. Completely. I mean, the only the sequel is the World War Two, like, and that's that's the terrible, terrible part of human history. So, like. Let's not franchise this one, Jiro. Sorry. Yeah, we should have stopped with World War One. Bad franchising move. Bad franchise. Yeah, just luckily now we are literally in human race endgame. The uh... that's true. <laughs> um, do you can you salvage uh, an MVP? I mean, I guess I have mine because there was there, there's like one moment of light in this movie for me. I mean. 
It's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, I would say maybe Martin Short's character, the shouty, the shouty boss. Are you giving it to Martin Short or the, the shouty boss? The shouty boss. Let's keep it in in universe, I guess, because he, okay. he was at least he was loud and it felt like something. If I squinted, I could maybe I could maybe imagine the big faced witch lady from Spirited Away or something. Yeah. Else. Like, this uh, is just someone's angry boss. Yeah, I do. I appreciate that. As much as I hate that character of the, the mm-hmm. fucking loud, angry, nice guy, mm-hmm. or as compared to the quiet, beautiful, nice guy, there's no bad guy. And it's like, I, I ever, this is basically, we've come to the end. My whole life, I've read reviews of Miyazaki being like, oh, wow, it's so fr- refreshing to have a movie where there's no bad guys. And you know what? Nope, it's not. Because when you make the nice guys, the good guys, soft boys suck. Nice yeah. guys suck. And this isn't a better version of storytelling to just have it all be people that are, ooh, like gruff on the outside, but really heartwarming in the middle. That fu- fucking guy sucks. But I do agree. He had life. It was he had some great moments. And a good voice performance from Martin Short, which is... Yeah. Know, when he hopped on that little bike, that was yes. cute. Yeah. I love that. Cute. It was so cute. Yeah. Um, can you imagine if they cast a tall guy in that role? Who do you think they would have gotten? Because they really went like matching heights. JGL's sort of like regular yeah. height for Jiro. They got a short guy to be the short yelly guy. Do you think there would have been a better taller short yelly guy who's a good yeller these days Ooh, i mean john lithgow has always been a good a good yeller mm, what if they yeah before um what's his name died he would have been good gilbert godfrey would have been good oh, gilbert would have been good yeah yeah maybe liam neeson i know they used him in in uh ponyo but uh if they got liam back to be the boss he would have been much more like intense Less yelly, more just like murderous. Jiro, <laughs> you're being pursued by the secret police. <laughs> we gotta get Thankfully, I got a, <laughs> uh, some some skills for you. <laughs> I will oh, marry you. <laughs> um, I think my MVP. I mean, I think this would be the Josh move to just give it to all the planes out there, but I I can't do that. I, I don't like planes and this it didn't carry me through. It's the worst part of the movie, to be honest. Um, I gotta give it to my boy Werner. He eats the leaves he eats and he runs and rather than stand up to Nazism, he runs away from it. And what what better encapsulation of what this movie is all about? You either can become the machine or you can just, just disappear. And those are your You're only back. two options. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So and meanwhile, whether whatever choice you make, you can eat those leaves. We have to in watching this film, so you know. I wish I hadn't sent you that video through Instagram because I, I can never get it back. I felt like it was some pretty incredible camera work. Swimming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some it nice push-ins. Some pans. good push-ins. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I'll try to post that on uh, Instagram as a little highlight reel for this movie, but um. Yeah, I think this. I mean, maybe I'll have you back. I mean, you might have been too scared off, but there technically will be one more. So I might come calling for you if uh, you're interested in watching a poor, sad 15 year old die with his uncle. Huh? I mean, it sounds huh? it sounds pretty great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you been up to anything? Anything new? Anything? People should know about. Uh, well, there's always uh, new music popping up on my Bandcamp page, uh, which you can listen if you want to want to do so on the internet. You should. You oh, you definitely should. You definitely yeah. should. I mean, I like that you're being more. You know, don't need to. I'm telling people they should because it's not anything you might know. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of norms listen to this this show, and maybe they need a little burst of noise in their life every once in a while well it's guaranteed to flip flip your wig so uh (laughs) wink was listening when i was um trying to figure out how to edit um that totoro video and she was like cocking her head and yeah okay yeah exactly Mm, what is this (laughs) so wink (laughs) likes it i like it and so will you oh that's very kind yeah give it a listen definitely do give it a listen or uh, or else Right. Yeah, Jiro will drop a bomb on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. 
Well, you're playing a gig. This is this episode is dropping on Wednesday, the twenty sixth. So oh well, it'll be next Sunday on the thirtieth of April um, in Nottingham. So it's very prohibitive if you're not in the same city that I live in. But yeah. uh, so it seems I, like some of um your friends and followers were listening to the your episodes. Oh, that's good. So you might yeah, have, I yeah, I got a couple oh. new follows and people seem to be liking it. So, oh, I'm very glad. Well, yeah. Hi, everybody. Keep listening because it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think up next after this, I did, um, I don't think we're quite ready. Josh and I are working on a series right now, but I don't think we're going to be ready. And I have a very special guest. You're actually probably the most special guest, but oh. there's going to be a special guest for this next series. Um, but in the meanwhile, I did. Have you seen Hollow Man? The, Hollow Man. Yes. The, yeah, what's his name? Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. Yes, Kevin Bacon. Direct, yeah. Directed by Starship Troopers guy. Yes, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yes. My friend and I did those two as a two-parter: Hollow Man and Hollow Man Two. Awesome. So I think those will probably be coming out after this because I don't think we're quite ready for our wet vampire movies. That's coming up soon. Maybe I'll maybe I'll beep this out. But have you seen um? No. Okay. Well, that's wet vampires. Oh my god! Very wet. Bleep it all yeah. out. Bleep it all out. I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep it. They're not gonna know. Only you get to know. Inside inside knowledge exclusive exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great. Well, I'll put some some uh, links in the Instagram post and in the show notes to make sure yeah. anyone can find your stuff. And this is so great. Thanks for joining yeah. joining the Miyazaki ride. I thought this was going to be so much fun. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I don't really like Spirited Away, but everything else is so great. And I've learned that, uh, like all things, like I don't know, maybe just don't rewatch anything that you enjoy. Don't ever. Yeah. Leave it. Just leave it in the past. Yeah, just leave it. Leave it. Like at the end of um In the Mood for Love, have you seen that? I haven't no. Okay. Well, he just sort of um whispers his memories into a hole in a tree and then puts mud in it and seals it up. And I think that's a really good approach to life is to just let memories die in a tree. Because mm-hmm. you know, if you try to relive them, you're just gonna end up watching the fucking wind rises. Do not do that under any circumstances. Don't do it. <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for me. yeah oh, drew it's a pleasure it's been really fun and uh i hope that we can do maybe a little just full series of your favorite something sometime oh yeah i would absolutely love to i mean i I've, i don't know if you are you aware of the uh movie series uh reanimator mm-hmm. yeah there's three reanimator films in total i think okay if you ever fancy doing that, that would be great because I would love that. This one's great, and the other two, not so much. <laughs> oh, good. That's a good promise. We're we're, yeah. we're big fans of that. So, Excellent. perfect. All right. Well, let's let's get that in the books. Yeah, that would be so cool. Well, have a wonderful time in uh, jolly old London town. I certainly will, Mary Poppins. <laughs> chim chim in each room. And uh, we'll be back next time. We're out. That's it. Print it. We're done. Boop, 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 boop. Thanks, Drew. I'll remove Jiro from my mind forever. <laughs> 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 <laughs>